like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Perhaps unseen musical jewels and gems are scattered everywhere across the landscape of our world, but I'm always pleased and surprised to find another such gift in the near orbit of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I live. My production assistant, Andrew, drew my attention to one such, and thankfully J.E. Sunday, resident of Minnesota's Twin Cities, but one-time inhabitant of Eau Claire, is available to share his indie folk music with us today. Jay Sunday joins us via Skype from the Twin Cities. Je, I'm so pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. And again, you're in Minneapolis, but at one point you were an Eau Clarion for a while, so we weren't too far apart. How long were you here? Well, I was there, I think, maybe seven or eight years, all told. I went to college there, was the kind of initial impetus for the move, then kind of got real connected in that community musically and stayed on for a couple of years after I graduated from college there. And Shane Leonard was one of your friends here, and I've known Shane. He's played for the folk dance group that I'm part of and other things. So I've actually visited with him over the years. Is he actually located in Minneapolis these days? He had migrated further west first of all. Yeah, no, fairly recently, he and his wife and their new baby daughter moved to Eau Claire. So they, he's, he's back located in Eau Claire these days. Isn't it kind of weird how Eau Claire has this kind of musical atmosphere? I mean, we're not very big. We're tiny compared to Minneapolis. But there is something about the music in the air here. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting. I mean, I, I credit Eau Claire as kind of my musical home. You know, it was kind of the first place I made a band and the first place I was really found the density of kind of like-minded creators of music. And I just, you know, there were bands kind of coming up at the same time that were, there's just a real kinship and everything. And it's, I was speaking to somebody recently and I, I just been struck over the last couple of years. Every once in a while, it'll just hit me the amount of music that has some either direct connection or ancillary connection to Eau Claire that is going on right now. The amount of people who I've known for 10 years and are continuing to make really potent and vibrant music, it's it's a really special place, you know, when you think of, yeah, it's not a huge metropolis or anything. And so like the per capita percentage of cool music that's coming out of there and continues to is, yeah, I, I don't know that I can explain it, but it, I think it's undeniably pretty special. It's a good vibe. How far back do you go with music? Are you a, a childhood prodigy or something? Uh, well, I grew up in a very musical family. My dad is a songwriter. They, they're involved in an organization called Lutheran Youth Encounter in the 60s, all the way up to the 
early nineties. And as a part of that, my dad, you know, was kind of a folky songwriter and, and then started a band that would play at these youth conventions at like hotels and things. So I just grew up seeing his band practice and then going to hotels on the weekend and they'd be playing leading music. And, and for them, it, up until the early nineties, it kind of grew and grew and until they played like Red Rocks and they played the Alamo Dome, just some massive places. But I was just kind of surrounded by that. And my mom, she played as a part of the band sometimes. And Grew up with her playing piano and organ at our church. And yeah, music was a very central part of my growing up years and kind of seeing my dad doing it. I think just from a very young age, I kind of had a fantasy of learning to play guitar and and be in a band, I guess. So it started pretty young. So was it church music, uh, Lutheran music? Was that some kind of influence as part of your background? I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it was campfire music of the, you know, 80s and 90s. So I, you know, certainly that shaped me. Also, I have, I'm the youngest of three boys. And so especially my, the middle brother, Micah, he was the kind of older guy who got into music and could like, you know, I could, he passed down records to me. And so he got in with some friends who were pretty interested in some of the slightly more underground music of the eighties and nineties and introduced me, for instance, to Elliot Smith, who I became a devotee of for a long time and still consider him one of my biggest influences. But he just had a great taste in music. And so a combination between my folks and doing a lot of singing and Micah kind of handing down taste in music to me, you know, those were big influences. And your last name, S-U-N-D-E, Sunday. What nationality is that? That's Norwegian. Okay. I guess I don't know enough Norwegian to recognize that as Norwegian, although I should, I suppose. I imagine it's somewhat bastardized, Americanized or something like that, (laughs) probably. (laughs) As far as I understand, and I could be wrong, I think it's the name of a region in Norway. So I think there's a fair amount of people who came over in our Sundays that we probably came from the same place somewhere down the line. But whether we're related or not, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, J.E. Sunday is what you go by. You've told me I can call you John, so I will. I don't suppose E is for Elliot or something. Maybe that's why you gravitated to the music. What's the E? Edward. Although I've considered one, and if I have a son, perhaps to name him Elliot. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get started with your music, John. So what do you want to start with for your song of the soul? Why don't we start with actually the first song on this new record? It's called I Will Smile When I Think of You. It kind of came out of, I've gotten really into Nina Simone over the last five years or so. Really inspired, especially in regards to this song, by a piece from her record called Pastel Blues, the first track of that record, where it's pretty much her singing a cappella solo. I've been blown away by Nina Simone on many levels, but that song particularly, just the courage of... You know, the vulnerability of just a solo voice singing is is really potent, and it was exciting to me and kind of scary. And as I was working on this song, the idea of like giving it a try in that as a solo voice piece was was kind of exciting to me. And so I'd been invited to open for my friends in this band, Fox, another Wisconsin band. They were kind of having me open, and so I flew out and met them for the second half of this tour that they were on and started for the first time performing this piece. And at the time, I thought it wasn't... It still had another verse or a bridge that needed to be written, but I was kind of having fun singing incomplete songs at the time, (laughs) (laughs) kind of framing it like, hey, here's a few ideas. What do you guys think? And, you know, people seem to resonate. But that one, when I performed it, people just really responded in a more profound way immediately. And and then in the midst of that tour, Monica Martin, the front woman of Fox, uh, we worked up a duet version that made it all that much more powerful. And so 
I resolved on that trip that when we recorded the record that I'd have to have her sing duet with me. So so we, we did, and kind of in homage to Nina Simone and her song, Be My Husband, which inspired it, I opened the record with it. So a long introduction to this one. It's called I Will Smile When I Think of You. By J.E. Sunday. I will smile when I think of you I'll dream where you dream You know I live In the same city you live in Given all that you've been through And all that you've seen When times are lean And you mean to make a living Songs are widowed when they've lost the ones they're for Questions hang around like dogs Lives are riddled with these small and petty gods that worry us to crowd around the door And you will rise with the morning And shake off the teeth Squeeze the rind Spit the pith and drink the day in Weighing all that it costs you to maintain belief in the face of the grief that finds its way in. Songs are widowed when they've lost the ones they're for. Questions hang around like dogs. gods that worry us to crowd around the door and I will smile when I think of you and I will smile when I think of you and I will smile Beautiful a cappella song by J.E. Sunday with help from Monica Martin of Fox. I Will Smile When I Think of You. It's from his CD released just this year, Now I Feel Adored. And Fox, by the way, that Monica Martin plays with is P-H-O-X. Monica's voice in there really does add to it. I think it was a good call on your part. Yeah. The song is... I don't know, maybe kind of bittersweet to me. I mean, it's kind of like sure. <laughs> the aftermath of relationship. And I saw commentary on your CDs that this one is darker than your first CD, which was called Shapes the Kiss the Lips of God. Did things get darker for you? What happened? I don't know. That's inter- It's interesting to hear that. I mean, I'm aware that I tend to write in a kind of somber, melancholic mode is kind of my <laughs> the channel I kind of go in. I like to say that even though I write fairly commonly with a, with a kind of somber voice, it's my intention is for it to produce a hopeful effect. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I don't know that I think about it very much in that way. I, I can totally respect it if that's somebody's impression of the record, but I didn't feel particularly different in that way, I guess, in the process of recording it. Maybe it's an effect that you're looking for that's kind of like what Eeyore has on us. It'll probably fall off again anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think one of the things that I've come to realize is really powerful about music for me, especially lyrical music and poetry and writing in general is is just that I think there's real power in our in articulation, you know, that sense. I think probably we've all had where, you know, you read something or or you hear a song where there's a phrase that just like so accurately articulates your experience you know and there's something really hopeful to me even if it's not presenting a like a solution just to have the act of articulation confirming that you're not alone in your experience you know what i mean and so to me that is a hopeful thing i don't think that's the end of the story it can't be you know because we do need growth and hopefully there are ways to heal or solutions or maybe change that needs to happen but i think that piece of articulation is really I've experienced it to be very powerful for me. And so that's one of the kind of things I feel is definitional to me as I'm trying to think about, like, what's the purpose of me doing this stuff, writing these songs, you know, so. (laughs) You know, as I talk to you, you don't have anything like an Irish accent, but (laughs) I had the impression as you're singing that song, there was some Irish influence on you. I was to Ireland in 2004 and one of our stops was in a pub where they had a kind of a, a jam-type music thing going on. And they invited individuals to stand up and sing whatever song, whatever ballad you want. And I could have been in that pub when you were singing. Why is that? Well, you know, I think so. the influence of just kind of the example of Nina Simone singing solo was definitely an influence for me and just inspiring. But also, actually, Shane Leonard, we'd done performing together, traveling, him doing a solo Callus Bell set, which is one of his projects, and then me doing a solo set. And on his last record, and um, when he'd perform it live, he did it kind of solo voice with some hand percussion, a piece that was a Appalachian ballad. I think coming from that... I'm not the one to speak to the the path of how that came to Appalachia, but my understanding is kind of the British Isles and, you know, Ireland and these kinds of things. So that tradition of like a, a solo a cappella ballad, that was also, I think, kind of shaped a little bit of the kind of lilting turn in the voice and stuff that kind of gives it that Irish tone. But yeah, no, I am not. It's not a tradition I grew up with or anything like that. It just kind of came out that way. Well, do give us some more of your music, John. Let's try. Um, Actually, because we've been talking about Nina Simone, there's this beautiful song she did on a record called Nuff Said. That's actually, I found out a cover of a Bee Gees tune, an earlier Bee Gees song. It's called Please Read Me. And I I think the version that she did is just stunning. So since we've been talking about her, why don't we listen to Please Read Me? So for Jay Sunday's Song of the Soul, we're going to listen to a song from Nina Simone, Please Read Me. Many years ago, I was a sinful girl, a sinful girl, no worries me, I never No. 
conversation ever came from me I never knew reality I never tried Please read me to get to hear one of Nina Simone's song for Song of the Soul today. Please read me as a song. I'm very surprised, John, to hear that that was a Bee Gees song. I probably know virtually every song the Bee Gees ever did. And actually, just a week or two ago, I was listening to a lot of videos, interviews with Barry Gibb, who's the only one of the Bee Gees left. So that struck me. It's crazy. I didn't know it either until I'd heard a mix album where the person put both versions and it's like from the it's a very like I think early 60s or mid 60s thing. It has a very like it almost sounds like the Beatles are definitely like influenced from that kind of era, which is a era of the Bee Gees I had no idea about. So it's a very different version. It's worth kind of checking out their version as well just to hear how dramatically she reinterprets it. And what is there about Nina that so grabs you, or about that song specifically? Because you could have chosen a lot of Nina Simone songs. Actually, kind of speaking to maybe the tone of this record that I feel like I was kind of giving her as a reference when I was talking to the engineers that I worked with for the album. And I admire artists who really trust the song and then arrange around it in a very lean way. Like, I think listening to Nina Simone, especially her kind of small combo albums, like where she it's just piano, upright bass, drums, maybe guitar, and then um, her singing, there's no fat on those arrangements. It's very lean, and it's really focused on her voice, and it's focused on the song. I just really respect that kind of minimal aesthetic. She's just an inspiration. 
Well, let's keep going on your music. We've got a lot of wonderful stuff to put on, and uh, I think all the songs you've chosen for yourself today are from your current CD. Yep, just released at the beginning of this month, actually, March 3rd. So most of the songs I recorded for this new record, the initial idea for the song, the oldest idea dated back to 2007, And I had an interesting thing around these two solo records. Most of the material had some history to it. But then within the two months before the actual recording happened, a new song just kind of came pouring out. And so for this record, it's a song called Called By Our Names, which just kind of sprang to life. So it's kind of fun when they just come real fast like that. It's Jay Sunday, Called By Our Names. One day we'll all be called by our names No more pseudonyms and metaphors The artifice of fame Look back on the road by which you
called By Our Names is a song by Jay Sunday. John is here with us today for Song of the Soul. His website is j-e-s-u-n-d-e dot com. And this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, that means you find us at northernspiritradio.org. And on that site, you'll find 11 and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find connections to our guests. So when you want to track down John, this is the way to do it. Also, there's a place to post comments. We love two-way communication, and you can help us achieve that by posting a comment when you visit. There's also a place to donate. That's how this full-time work is supported. It's not from corporations. It's not from the government. It's because you, the listener, believe in and support this program. So donate when you visit. Even more important, though, I'd say, and I hope John can affirm this, Community radio is so important. The big commercial stations, they're going one direction, but community radio can provide you a local voice and flavor and can open up our ears to things that otherwise we're going to miss. So please, start by supporting your local community radio. Again, J.E. Sunday is here. And John, you were going to comment about community radio? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I just think it's a beautiful thing to be creating where you are and the flexibility to just have the independence to focus on, I think, a lot of not being bound by kind of a corporate interest in the music and art that you're presenting. I, I think there's just there's just a lot of beautiful art that maybe doesn't translate as easily to the kind of commercial stations. And so having a space that celebrates that and a platform for that is really valuable. And we achieve that better when we do something like called by our names, choosing our own names. I I don't know if you know this, but my last name, Helps Meet, is a name that my wife and I took, made up when we got married. So nobody else has named that except us. That's great. And any of the listeners should feel free to take it if they want it as a name. I'm not trying to put a patent on it or anything, but J.E., did you get called J.E. along the way? No, no. I've always gone by John, but when trying to figure out a name... Naming things is very hard. I like Helps Me. That's great. That was a good thing. I was trying to figure out a fun name, you know, that wasn't my name for this project, and I was just coming up against a brick wall. And so finally I thought, well, if you're going to call yourself something, it's a fairly safe thing to call yourself your name, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I, I just did the J.E. Sunday thing, and it kind of sounded vaguely writerly, which I'm, I love writers, so I thought I'd give it a go. And so far it's been, it's been good. <laughs> There's a, a comment one of my extended family members posted this last week. She basically said she hates Simply Folk on Wisconsin Radio, and she just wishes they'd take it off of public radio because she likes public radio quite a bit. But she says that folk singers are just too earnest. <laughs> and I think that's in part because she comes from a generation where cynicism was more powerful, more accepted, more wished for. I think there's an earnestness that came out of the 1960s, even in the 70s. Sure. We're talking about your generation. She's in your generation. What do you think about that earnestness versus cynicism? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, it's been an interesting thing. There's this beautiful David Foster Wallace interview I listened to where I actually spoke to the notion of cynicism and, well, and then sincerity or authenticity. And his his kind of frame was that he felt like the postmodern era that came out kind of up to and through his generation, maybe the Generation X kind of community, like cynicism was kind of a mark of, of intelligence or, you know, seriousness. And that he felt like the next step was that that kind of had run its course and the next step was kind of 
an embrace of authenticity or sincerity. And I actually think that that has kind of been pretty prophetic or pretty true. I see, I see, I think my generation returning to a notion of authenticity. I think maybe what some people react against in some music that they may call sincerity or earnestness may be some of the poetry. I don't know. I find some songwriter music a little hard to listen to in that I feel like the poetry is generalized to this place that they're trying to take on too much, and so it comes off somewhat melodramatic. I'll be more specific with that. It's like, you know, if you're trying to write about love, what I've found to be the most potent way to do that is to write as like particularly as you can about an experience or a narrative, like very focused. And somehow in writing in that very focused way, you actually speak to a more universal truth. Whereas if you are trying to write about love and you just try to take on like the whole concept or something and it gets watered down to this place where it becomes a little bit melodramatic, a little bit sappy perhaps because it's not particular enough. Uh, Of course, there's probably exceptions to that and I'm sure some people have done great work that way. I mean, and then also I think it's also obviously personal preference too, but I think authenticity and sincerity is something we are reclaiming. Although, I mean, I think being 20s and 30s, especially 20s, it's like cynicism is just part of that age or something. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but those are some thoughts anyway. Well, I like the reflections you got there. I just wonder how far out of step you are, John, doing indie folk. Is this a a minor niche in your age group or is this... You know, at a certain point, there's punk rock and then there's rap and other things and and indie folk. Yeah, well, you know, everything's niche at this point, you know, with the infinite tale of the Internet. (laughs) You know, everything becomes diffuse if you're not Beyonce or Kanye West or something. But, But yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's still a strong folk tradition and a strong songwriter tradition. I mean, to me, I think the beauty of the generation I've come up in is we have just infinite access to kind of every kind of music you want. Now, obviously, that's challenging because now you have this ocean of music kind of daunting. But the beauty of it is I think one response that's come out of it from my generation is that there's just kind of this openness to all these different styles. And so, at least from my perspective, genre is a very secondary thing to me to quality. So, like, I like songwriter music and I like folk music and I like, you know, kind of subtly composed music. And so that's maybe the stuff I lean towards. It's just easy for me to consume. But but there's so much good music in every genre and a lot of it is mixing in this beautiful way in a way that I don't know I feel like is kind of a result of the internet age and you know to me as long as it's good there's space for it and obviously because of the internet there's space for everything whether it's good or not not. (laughs) but to my ear and what I want to hear I care much less about genre than quality these days and so like good songs I think just are eternal you know that's always a good way to get people on board then give us some more quality. We got some more music that you want to share with us. <laughs> okay, okay, yes. Well, after that one, then let's do my other guest artist on my playlist here. I'm a huge Paul Simon fan, and this goes back a little ways, but the Graceland record is, is one of my favorite records. So I just picked the title track off that to share as well. Um, Graceland. National guitar. I am 
following the river down the highway through the cradle of the Civil War. I'm going to Graceland, Graceland, to Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going to Graceland. Poor boys and pilgrims with families, and we are going to Graceland. And my traveling companion is nine years old. He's the child of my first marriage. But I breeze on to believe we both will be received in Graceland. She comes back to tell me she's gone. As if I didn't know that. As if I didn't know my own bed. As if I'd never noticed the way she brushed her hair from her forehead. And she said, Losing love is like a window in your heart. Everybody sees your blown apart. Everybody sees the window. I'm going to Graceland, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going to Graceland. Sockets. I'm looking at ghosts and empties.
What greater vote of confidence could J.E. Sunday have than to have Paul Simon accompanying music here today on Song of the Soul for J.E. Sunday? John chose Graceland as one of Paul Simon's songs, and obviously Paul Simon must have been an influence for you. Now again, he was key for me. The very first album I ever bought was Sounds of Silence, and the second one was Bridge Over Troubled Waters. So <laughs> those are my very first. So when you pick out Paul Simon, it's like, wow, that's home for me. But you're you're quite a bit younger than I am. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting when you talk about perhaps an earnestness from some of the folk era and people coming out of that. I love the 60s and 70s, and I love in terms of their, the musical aesthetic, the musical sounds, the reliance on a lot of acoustic instrument and also like analog synthesizer stuff. And also the songwriters coming out of that era, songwriters like Paul Simon, like Leonard Cohen, you know, Dylan, you know, the big names, they're comfortable with the broader like poetry to my ear. You know, they're not swayed by kind of more ambitious and ornamented language. And I just, I love that, that kind of romance to that. And so... I think Paul Simon, Leonard Cohen, these guys and their like comfort with some of that sweeping language that brings in philosophy and spirituality and just kind of more romantic language has been an inspiration for me, absolutely. Well, Paul Simon's clearly a, a great one to gather the dust from his coattails and sprinkle it upon yourself as you go on. That's right. Not bad. I'm trying to adopt some of the language there as we do it. There you go. And he's going to be in Eau Claire this summer, which is just blows my mind. Right. And I'm planning to be there at the Eau Claire's Festival. Are you planning to be here? Unfortunately, I'd be out on the road, so I won't be able to do it, which is a bummer. I missed him when he came through on his most recent record in Minneapolis, and I'm, I'm desperate to see him, but it won't be this time. <laughs> Well, a combination of him and John Prine as part of it just really piqued my interest. Yeah, absolutely. But let's get some more of J.E. Sunday's music. What's next? Let's go to this tune I wrote called Fire on the Mountain. It came out of a single kind of a pretty simple folk guitar and voice kind of idea. And the kind of lyrical concept is one of trying to wrestle with my own and maybe a broader tendency to get apathetic in the face of pretty like profound challenges you know we have suddenly uh, like a portal into the whole world and can see the whole world through the our media and stuff like that and and thus see like just all the problems and struggles and it's pretty daunting at times and too often my response has been kind of apathy or avoidance and so this song kind of wrestles with that and what's not to love when you talk about crushing a serpent's head <laughs> The song is Fire on the Mountain by J.E. Sunday. There's a fire on the mountain and it's burning down All the wrath up in the heavens like a thorny crown Well, the sun it has been blinded and the sky fell down In a flash will boil like butter
the vampires in the high rise Well, they brought the drought Well, the dark end of the market turns our pockets out song is Fire on the Mountain, and John's here today. jsunday.com is where you'll find him. It's from his release just this past month, Now I Feel Adored. Wow, what a lot of stuff in that song, John. I mean, <laughs> besides the serpents, and there's the vampires, and I don't know, red-blooded dream. I mean, it's a little bit evocative of the revelation of John, the last book of the Bible. I mean, there's so much going on in there. Did it take many drugs in order for you to produce this imagery? <laughs> it uh, it took no drugs. I wish I had such a, a fun backstory to it. No, no. I mean, I have the backstory of being pretty connected with kind of biblical language. And so that's certainly, you know, and that kind of po- apocalyptic language is kind of fun. And I, I've always appreciated, again, Leonard Cohen's kind of incorporation of that poetry into his work. And there's some really beautifully visceral kind of stuff. And it felt really appropriate to this piece, this notion of these huge things that we just end up, you know, eating chips on the couch in the face of. It, it needed that kind of, it's something about that, the drama and the intensity of that language to maybe jar myself out of my apathy was, seemed necessary. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, going to camp and such, I guess as a Lutheran. Have you moved on religiously, spiritually? How do you identify your path from there? I had a beautiful experience growing up. I mean, we were we were Lutheran, and I mean, steeped in that ELCA Lutheran community, if people are aware of the denominations there. But it was a very ecumenical upbringing. My folks had had experiences just relating to folks from a lot of different Christian traditions, and so there, I benefited from that by not having a very hierarchical or, or uh, exclusionary kind of attitude about about that stuff. And I mean, I grew up, and it was a very meaningful part of my life in my growing up years, and became more so in college, and and it's continued on. It's grown for me where, you know, I've struggled with often what I see as a really broken marriage of politic and Christianity that really doesn't speak to the radical nature of Jesus's example. And so, you know, some people will say, and this has some resonance for me, that I'm, I try to follow Jesus is kind of how I define it for myself and explain it. But yeah, it's it continues to be a, a meaningful thing for me and evolved and matured in a lot of ways, but that's how it shakes out for me at this point. And for those who don't know, ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Churches in America, 
I think in general identifies as maybe on the liberal end of Lutheran as opposed to Wisconsin Synod or Missouri Synod and various others that tend to be sometimes very conservative. The LCA is very wide arms. And as a matter of fact, I'll mention, I'm part of a Quaker meeting and we actually rent from, we've got a home with the ELCA church called Grace Lutheran here. So, you know, I feel grateful for their wide arms letting in this motley crew of Quakers. It's something about that. As a matter of fact, and they've also got, uh, because the church burned down, they have some of their space being used now by Plymouth UCC. So besides Lutherans there, you know, hosting us, we've got UCC and Quakers in the building. It's it's really pretty beautiful. That was the, my experience of a notion of, you know, that conversation and embracing community. That, that was certainly a value from my growing up years and continues to be for myself personally. So that's cool to hear. Well, let's rush ahead and grab some more of your music. Well, let's go to a, a bit of a simpler one here. I'm trying to become a better piano player and started working through this book of torch songs, kind of from that golden era of like the, you know, American songbook era. And so I attempted to write a song kind of influenced by that. And so so this piece is called Color Your Nails. And actually the bassist is a Eau Claire native named Pat Keen, who grew up in the area and played upright on this piece. Color Your Nails, also from Now I Feel Adored by J.E. Sunday. Like I would color your nails, you know it never fails to make you bright and winsome. You tell me that I'm handsome, and I hold your hand. said it's totally a torch song it's totally got that flavor color your nails uh, <laughs> but the, the question i had john as i'm listening to it i said so do you really know how to color someone's nails for them i'm kind of imagining that would be pretty daunting <laughs> i don't know that i know how to do it i think if i was invited i could wing it and uh, do a well, probably a bad job of it, but I would be up for it if somebody <laughs> invited me to do so. <laughs> you know, my wife cuts my hair, 
And if I mention, well, if you need your bangs trimmed, maybe I can do that. She, her face pales like, oh no, <laughs> not. <laughs> and that's you know, you know, you have to have some. Uh, I would respect somebody being hesitant. If I'm not going to force myself to color anybody's nails, but if I was invited, I could give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pretty intimate thing as it's seen these days. I think, yeah. I liked it as that, as a like a expression of the of an intimate act, kind of a slightly unusual one, perhaps felt as I was writing it. So I liked that. Well, we've got time for a last song, John. How do we conclude? Crescendo, top off your song of the soul. We'll finish with the song that I chose to finish this new record with, "Wedding Ring." I just love how the arrangement came out. The fellow who's been primarily playing bass on the record named Andrew Thorine, a Twin Cities musician that is a good friend and, and kind of is a part of the trio with Shane Leonard. His primary instrument actually is trombone, and so he wrote a trombone choir arrangement to go along with the piece, and I just really am pleased with how it turned out and how the song turned out overall. So this one's called Wedding Ring. And before we play it, just to ask you a couple things about it, you've got some allusions in here which are clearly biblically based. You've got Jonah, a whale, and mm-hmm. scales dropping off, I'm not sure. But, you know, spin up on the shoreline in the feet of Jesus, like the origins of man. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what that actually meant, but it just sounded profound. Yeah, well, you know, it's a kind of interesting mix. You know, the scales image is also biblical. It's that Paul was blinded, and then, uh, you know, something like scales, it says, falls from his eyes when he's given sight again. Road to Damascus thing, you know? Okay. Yep, so I always liked that idea of something like scales. And since it was like a whale, although I don't believe whales have scales, but it's ocean language, it seemed. <laughs> they better not, because whales are mammals, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be, that'd be trouble. Although then the other piece is, you know, this idea of like evolution and the ocean as a source of life and stuff has been something that's been interesting to kind of write about and think about too. So, and kind of coming to a space where I've, whereas some people find a very strong distinction between an ocean of evolution and an ocean of spirituality or faith, I've come to not struggle as much if that's how it all happened or whatever. So yeah, just kind of contending with faith and origin and the struggle to understand is all coming out in that chorus. Again, Wedding Ring is the song we're going to conclude with that. But first, I want to thank you, John, for taking the time with me. I see a great future ahead for you. You've got two recordings behind you, and there's much more beauty coming out of your way. So thanks so much for putting the beauty out there, and thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. I appreciate it so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. And again, J.E. Sunday, you can find him on his website, J-E-S-U-N-D-E. Dot com. There's a link on NordenSpiritRadio.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Jay Sunday, Wedding Ring. Place my wedding ring on the nightstand where you sleep, and I will meet you in the darkness, and I promise.
Music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song